You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. presence of Jesus is so sweet in here this morning. Don't you love being in the presence of Jesus? It reminds us that he's present with us, right? I just love the presence of God. And And I love being in this community because the presence of God is in you and he's in me. And when we're together, you feel Jesus present with us. When I look into your eyes, I see Jesus present with us. And it's powerful and it's beautiful. Um, And it helps us to see Jesus in each other when we're different and we don't look the same. It keeps us from wanting to put each other in boxes because we want people to look like me. I want people to preach like me and teach like me and and say what I think is important and direct the church where I think God is directing it. But when I realize that the presence of Jesus is alive in the eyes, behind the eyes of the person in front of me, I realize there's a piece of his face that's important that I should honor. And we end up giving each other space. Space to be seen, space to be known, space to be loved. And then that's when we actually get a benefit from each other. Because we start to see a greater picture of who God is. We actually get to see the side of the Father's face we would have never been able to see without each other. It's the power of community. Today we're going to go on a journey together. We're just going to ride the wave of whatever God's doing. And um, you know what, Sam? You can go ahead and stop. Thank you so much. Well, everyone just clap for Sam. I was trying to... Thank you so much. Um, you know, I thought that we were just going to ride the wave of what was God was doing, but um, I'm a little um, ADD, so I think that I may just not be able to stay on track here. Um, this morning, just take the, can we, let's just say this, say this after me. Thanks, Aureli, for just smoothing out the soil this morning. Because God is doing something in me, and we're just going to figure out what it is together this morning, okay? We're just going to go and dig around and see what comes out. Um, So this morning, can we say, when I say I know, it stops the flow. When I say I know, it stops the flow. If you've been here long enough, you've heard me say that. It's a phrase that I like to, to use to remind myself that when somebody starts talking about something and I decide already before they even get it out, 
I already know about this. What I am saying is, I, when I say I know, I'm making the choice not to grow. I'm actually putting a ceiling where God was trying to make another floor for me to step up on. And so this morning as I share, can we just decide together right now that we're going to open up and take the cap off, take the lid off, and we're going to go back to the basics of what God has probably already spoken to you because the Spirit's sweet like that and He likes to have the same conversation in different ways, in different languages with all of us. Um, but may, So maybe it's something that you're, you've already, man, I've already heard about this. But this morning, can we choose together to say, when I say I know, it stops the flow. And this morning, I'm going to allow myself to take the lid off and allow the flow of what God is doing to happen in me. Can we do that? Jesus, we take the lid off and we allow the flow of what you're doing. God, would you flow through me? Would you be upon, thanks for being upon me this morning. Thanks that as I teach and as I share that what you've called me to release, what's in the very DNA of my being when you formed me in my mother's womb, the message that you called me to carry and release, God, I thank you this morning that as I teach that it's able to be caught, that as I teach that is what's being received and released this morning. We love you, Jesus. As I was preparing for this morning, um, I heard a couple of things from, from God. It's what I like to call the spark of the message. A lot of times we, we feel the spark of what God is saying, the thing that ignites the fire on our heart that drives us in our passion and our love, the thing that we run towards. But a lot of times we end up running around and forgetting about the original spark and running around and doing all of the things and forgetting about the spark that ignited the flame. This morning, can we all agree that Jesus is the spark that ignited the flame and the passion and the pursuit on our hearts? Jesus, you're the spark this morning. Um, I felt like his attention was drawn to this phrase, be a people of fire. And in that, this is the key to stoking the fires of community. We have to go back to the fire in our communities. I think that I can speak for most, most pastors across the world that we want to see our churches grow because we love people. We want to see them reach with the gospel. We want to see our churches not just run solo in this thing, but actually link arms and do it together. We want to see community and family built, right? You know, we, most of us didn't come to church to just check, check our little slot in and then go home. There's community. The body was meant to be connected, right? But I felt like the Lord was saying in that, the answer is the communities of God need to go back to the fire. Back around. 
think of what fires represent when you think of community. Campfires, sitting around the fire, warmth, connection, sharing your heart, setting the tone for um, the atmosphere of being able to share and be vulnerable and connect and have fun, circling up around the fire. This morning, I want to circle around the fire of God. I want to snuggle up close to the fires of his goodness. It's interesting because we have an, an interesting relationship with God and fire. You know, the, the Bible depicts fire as good and as bad, um, a part of God's plan, and also fire can be to do against his plan because hell's kind of hot. Um, and, you know, Jesus intended, he's intending to come back, and it says in Thessalonians, with his angels in a blaze of fire. So this thing to do with fire, if we're, if we're, if we're getting back to circling up around the fire, and, and that's what God is kind of leading us towards, it's probably good if we understand the fire of God. Because it makes a difference how we engage our faith. You know, I believe we were made for fire. I believe that we were built just so for the fires of God. Because when I, when, when I, let's keep going here, okay. When I know what the fire of God is, then I can actually utilize the fire. And I don't know if you've grown up in church long enough to, to run in the stream or have the idea or thought that utilizing the fire of God towards my enemies. <clears throat> I want to get my justice and what I think vengeance is and what I think God's wrath is. And that's when I utilize the fire. Like the disciples said to Jesus, call down fire from heaven. They don't want us there. How dare they? They went to the city and, and they turned him away and they said, Jesus, we'll do some. Let's just, you know, they were offended for Jesus. They're like, let me fight this battle for you. I feel really powerful and empowered to, like, do signs and wonders because I've been hanging out with Jesus. And, like, I got you, Jesus. Fireballs from heaven. We'll get, we'll, we'll get them back for this. And Jesus is like, you don't know what spirit you're of. You don't know what, you don't even know. You have access to the fire, but you don't even know how to use it. Can you turn your Bibles to Romans 12, 19? It starts out saying, if it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, this is a very schizophrenic God. When you, when you don't, for one, understand God's fire, and for two, understand the customs of this time. 
in our Western mind, it's like, okay, wait a second. So we're not allowed to judge people, but then you're going to get them. And then, but then, but we're not going to get them. We're going to give them something to drink. Even if we don't have something to drink, we're going to give them something to drink. We're going to feed them. But it's so that we can actually burn them. We're going to be kind so we can burn them. And that's going to be our way to get them. Right? When you read that. If it is possible on your part. So he's talking about living in peace. It's like, God, what are you talking about? Okay. Keep burning coals. It's a Jewish tradition. They knew, or it's a Jewish custom. They know that coals are the source of life. Coals are what they get. It's their life source. It's how they make their food. They always have to have burning coals or they're going to, or some people could starve. It's their life source. It's what keeps them warm in the winter. It's what keeps them fed every day. That in that time, they needed coals, burning coals to constantly be burning in order for survival. And so when people would come to them and say, I'm hungry, I'm cold, and what, listen to what this verse is saying. To heat burning coals, they would carry around these baskets. With That was how they would transfer the coals because they always wanted to keep the coals burning. So they would put the coals and transfer them before the, the coals would go cold. And they would take the hot coals off of their head and they would put it underneath the fire so that the burning coals would always be burning. And that was called heaping hot coals. So when we know that, we, then this starts to make a little bit more sense. What is God saying here? You know how he just loved Jesus is just like an offensive guy to people who want their stuff. He, you know, he takes everything to the furthest. He's like, oh, you want to love people? Well, even if you're mad at them in your heart, you might as well have killed them. It's like, whoa, Jesus, you just got to take it to that level. So here he takes it to that level again. He says, if it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will pay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on their head. Now think of that picture. When my enemy's hungry, not only am I going to give them the food that I have, but I'm also going to give them the life source that I carry. I'm going to actually give them the very life source, not be worried about where I'm lacking, because I now realize that God is my life source. And I'm going to heap those coals on their head and say, here, just take your life source so that you can actually go on and, and make your own food and keep warm yourselves. I'm not going to worry about that this was mine and what I was using. Does that make sense? The heaping of, this is, this is a custom that they understood. And when the Lord is talking about we will repay, says the Lord, what do we know? What do we know? We know that God said, your battle is with who? Is it against your enemy? Is it against your brother? Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities of darkness. So when the Lord is talking about vengeance, the vengeance of God, he will repay. You know what the greatest 
greatest justice being brought is in the kingdom? Our enemies being loved well, knowing that they're loved, and their lives being changed and given to Jesus and us seeing them in eternity. Because that is God saying, I will repay the enemy for what he's done to my people. I will repay those. It wouldn't make sense for God to say, you guys be really nice to him because in the end I'm going to get him. Like we're just wasting our time. We're supposed to run with the heart of God. So this is an aspect of the fire of God that I, I just wanted to touch on a tiny bit. And you hear people say, kill him with kindness, and it comes from that, that scripture verse. It comes from the scripture verse of heaping burning coals on their head. Little do people know God was actually saying, don't just give them what they need. Give them what you have that you need because I'm going to be your life source. This is, again, showing the fires, the fire of God looks like something and sometimes it's a little bit different than what we assumed it to be it looks a little bit more like who he is and that's love and i think that's again why in roman and and further chapters before that in romans 2 4 he's addressing people who are talking about look people are going wild around here and we need you to do something and he's like don't judge people and he's saying, be kind to them. And in Romans 2, 4, he says, do you despise the riches of God's goodness? This is Paul speaking to the church. His goodness, his forbearance, his long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Yes, it leads people to repentance. That's the greatest justice, the greatest, that's the greatest vengeance of God and of the kingdom of God is snatching people out of hell. <laughs> I just want to go and snatch everybody up. And we get to do that by loving our enemies. We get to do that. We hear those stories of people in the Middle East who are actually facing persecution that we can't really comprehend and they're telling those people as they're being killed, as their families are being slaughtered, we forgive you. We forgive you, the mercy of God. It's, it's wild. You need the fire of the Holy Spirit to be able to look someone who's, who's murdering your family in the face and say, forgive you. I forgive you. God, forgive them. We need, we, that's, that's where the fire, the community circling up around the fire, that's where it goes back to. That's where it leads to. I heard Heidi Baker talking about when she, when she experienced the Lord and being called into her ministry in um, Mozambique, that God moved on her very, very powerfully. And she had, she was just presence of God, the power, the fire of God came on her, and she was being put up on her head with her feet up in the air and slammed down on the other side, and put up on her head with her feet up in the air and slammed down on the other side. And, um, and she, she laughs and talk, hear her talk about a lot how people talk about Holy Spirit being a gentleman and ha-ha at that. Because he's a comforter, so he likes to make us uncomfortable. So, again, it leads us back to him. 
<laughs> People a lot of times experience the fi- when we're asking for an experience and we're thinking about the fire of God in that context. Remember that with more privilege comes more responsibility. And I believe that people that experience God like that is because they're going to need something profound of an experience to hold them to what God's taking them towards. And so keep that in mind when we're asking for encounters and experiences for God. That it's not just this Western mindset of, I want to experience some more tingles because it's cool, although I've been there. I remember the first time I started experiencing God and would, and would put my hands up in the air and, and I would fall down and I would get right back up. Then I would have like rug burns all over me. Sometimes when he's pushing you down, it's because you just need to have a moment with the Holy Spirit on the floor and let him do something in you. But I just like the exhilaration of, oh, God just knocked me down. And he's like, I'm putting you down there because I want to do something in you. When he, we have encounters like that and we, we have encounters with the fire of God, it's because he wants to do something in us so that he can do something through us. So that we can partner with that fire and see other fires started in people. (laughs) Don't despise the riches of his goodness towards your enemies. It leads them to repentance. And it teaches us how to love. Hebrews 12.29 says, God is a consuming fire. We were made for the fire because we were made to be one with the consuming fire of God. (laughs) Listen, I believe that he fashioned us in such a way that, that we were made to live in the consuming fire. You know why the consuming fire is uncomfortable to us? The consuming fire is uncomfortable because in the fires of God, it burns away all impurities. Everything in our belief system that we've said, this is mine and I'm comfortable with it. When we get into the, when we, when we experience and we open up ourselves to the flame, it starts to hurt a little bit because we still have things that we're claiming as our own that was never meant to be ours. The refine, that's the refining fires of God. He comes as a consuming fire to consume everything we were never created to live in or walk in or think about or participate in or run towards or entertain ourselves with. The consuming fires of God, when we open ourselves up to that, he's doing something in us. We were made for it. If it's uncomfortable, call out on the comforter and say, okay, God, take it all. Consume it all. In Luke 3, 16, it talks about this fire, and it says um, John the Baptist, he's baptizing people, and people have all this expectation about what's going to come in the baptism. And and, and, and it says in Luke 3, 16, um, John answered them all saying, Listen, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming in the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But not just so that we could have some tingles and have a nice time. 
even though that's fun and I love it. What are we doing with the fire that we've been given? Where am I going? Am I following where he's going? Or am I just waiting for another opportunity for him to serve me again? Am I just waiting for another opportunity for the church to serve me again? Am I just waiting for another opportunity for people to listen to my prayer request? Am I just waiting for another opportunity to get healed again? God, God cares for us. But he wants us whole, and when we're whole, it's time to go find other people who need to be whole. It's time to do something with what we've been given. It's actually a get-to, and it's amazing. It's a part of who we are, and it will fulfill something inside of us that nothing else could. So as we're, as a community, when we gather around the fire and remember the spark, of Jesus, the fire of what he's doing. We gather around it together in community that looks like something. And this is where we go and we, t- and then f- from that place, we go and we take the fire with us. Everywhere we go, we create community. But not just communities of people who like, like to play softball. Communities of people who like to fish. Although that's amazing. Let's have small groups and do all the fun stuff together. But are we in, the, in that, are we gathering around the fire? In that, are we building something together? It looks like something. Community, having community and connection is not just for me to find some place to fit in and to find people who, who I can relate to and, and, to and to find a church with people who look like me. Oh, I'm not represented there, so I got to go somewhere where I'm represented. Or I'm not, they don't talk about what I think the main thing should be. Or they have different beliefs than I do. Our political views are different. I got to go and I got to circle up and connect with people who believe all the same things. Like community is not, the point of community is not to fulfill a need in me. The point of community is to fulfill the purpose of God for the church and we get to benefit from all the things that community brings and that's beautiful to get to but there's greater purpose behind community and maybe the reason for some of us that we haven't found steady community where we're rooted and grounded is because we're not doing anything with what we've been given and then eventually it gets boring just meeting and having pizza and like talking about our favorite shows because we were made to do more than that. We were made to do something. We were made to get around the fires and get our hopes up together and sharpen each other so that we could do something with what we've been given. And that doesn't have to look like going to the nations. It looks like us hanging out, playing putt-putt, and seeing people need healed, people need saved, people need to know Jesus at the putt-putt place. And we have the fire in us and with us, and we're in this together. And it's fun, and it's a get-to, and it's, and it's family, and that's how we do family. And that's what the church was meant to be. Go and create disciples. It's, it's not hard. It's really not. It's really not hard. Carry the fire with us and let people see the fire. 
realize that I carry the fire, the fire's in my eyes. When, 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 John descri- when John describes the revelation that he got in the island of Patmos, he talks about who, what he was seeing, and he saw Jesus with a white beard and, and eyes of fire. Woo, let's go to Revelations 1. Revelations 1.1, just read it like it's the first time you've ever, you've ever heard it. And, and think about this too. John is on the island of Patmos where he got, he got sent there because they couldn't kill him. He wouldn't die. This is the same disciple who opened up the, 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 the letters that he wrote, the parts of scriptures that he wrote. He started them with the one, the disciple who Jesus loved. I love that. He knew he was loved. And listen, that's showing the power of love. They couldn't kill that man. That is the power of knowing you're loved. Put me in the burning pot of oil. I will not die because he loves me. I still have something to do with what I've been given. <laughs> it wasn't, oh, man, this is my time to go. Jesus. Let me get all my ducks in a row. And when I'm gone, God, will you just please, can you just bring down fire in this place and burn all these people up who have put me in this pot of oil? Don't let me go down. I've done so much for you, God. I've been stoned and I've been dragged around the city. I've been persecuted. Everybody hates me. And now I'm about to get boiled in oil. This has been a bad turn of events for my life. But I've done it for you. If you could do one more thing for me. Kill all of these people and avenge me. <laughs> no, he couldn't die. He had so much love. I bet, oh man. He had so much love. When you know you're loved, you love people well. And you carry a kind of power that's unmatched. That's the kind of power that Jesus had when he was hanging on the cross. And he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. <laughs> In Revelations 1.1, let's read this. So he's on the island of Patmos. They couldn't kill him, so they sent him to this island, a small island. It's a, a, described it as a rocky place. And he was living in some caves. Like, <laughs> he's living in the caves in the wet and the cold. And all, they send all of the, the worst criminals there. So he's, and they had them work mines. So he's on this island in a cave. Can you imagine all of the, having all of the criminals, the hardened worst criminals ever on this island with you, this small island, and you're crouched in a cave somewhere. And the only thing on your mind um, is not survival, but let me just experience God. Let me carry a revelation. Let me write it down and, and pass it on. And he's thinking about the church is to come. He's thinking about us. I don't know about you, but if I was in that cave, I'd probably be doing a little bit like, can you send me like a sailboat or something? Can you give me like some strategy on how to get out of here? Is there like a special tunnel area I can dig? You know, can you send, like, some of my boys across here? Somebody. Can you send a prayer out, Holy Ghost, to the churches to save me? No, he's like, I'm actually going to leave something behind that's going to benefit my church. 
So let's just start at Revelations 1.1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his, he's doing some wild stuff here. Seven spirits who are before his, can you imagine reading that? The church is being like, all right, John. (laughs) And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, starting with praise. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. In in quotations, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion, look, you guys know me, you know, I'm not a weirdo, like, this is what I'm, you know, your companion in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last And what you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia. Let's skip down uh, to 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. Don't lose me. Don't lose me here. Keep, 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 Keep listening. His head and hair were white like wool. As white as snow, and his eyes like flames of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining on its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. It says his eyes were like fire, 
when I look into God's eyes, I just see the fires of his love. And when, when I behold that kind of love, that fire lights up in me. And something on the in, inside of me with my faith is engaged to where I want to do something with what I've been given. Where I want to look in other people's eyes and let them catch the fire. Because he loves you. Because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. And there's a fire waiting for the one. There's, there's the one that's waiting to catch fire. There's the one that's waiting to catch fire. And I have what they need. We have what they need. So it talks about those seven lampstands, and I'm reminded of the ten verges in the Bible who have their oil ready and their, their lamps on, and they're waiting for the bridegroom to come, as in Jewish tradition, when the husband's ready to take his wife. And it's symbolizing Jesus coming back for the church. And five of those people had their oil ready and their lamps on, and five of them were unprepared. And when they got to the door and the bridegroom came, five of them were ready and five of them were still going after their oil, trying to refill because they weren't ready. And so the bridegroom came and, and he saw their, their lights were on, that fire was, was on, he could see them. They welcomed that flame to show themselves, to illuminate, to, to show themselves, examine, for him to examine them. And he brought them into the chambers. And then when the other, he came for the other, the other five came to the door knocking and he said, I, I don't know you. Surely, certainly, truly all I can say. And that word that they used there for know you. Is oida. O-I-D-A. It's the Greek word for know. And, and it was a play on a word that Jesus was using when he told this parable. Because it would be like us using the word see. But it actually also could mean no, to know. And so what he was saying to them was, I never saw you. I couldn't see you because your light wasn't on. One thing that we're doing here as we prepare for the bridegroom to come back in community, in the body, in our church, is we're inviting the, the fire of God to come and examine us so that he can see we invite him to come and examine us. So that, and when we do that, the, the all-consuming fire consumes everything. It consumes everything that wasn't meant to be there. It consumes everything we, we were never meant to walk in. It consumes everything that, that the, so that the bride could be faultless, spotless, without blemish. 
but there took something on 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 those on the five virgins end it was welcoming the fire when we welcome the fire of god we're not just saying i'm welcoming a, an experience with you what we're saying is i'm welcoming the fire to come so that you can examine my heart because I'm not going to go deep diving. I don't have anything to do in there. Let the Holy Spirit examine my heart. And then I will welcome in obedience the consuming fire of God to consume everything that you paid for. Everything you paid for, I was not supposed to live in, walk in, allow in. When we do that, that's when we get to do something with what we've been given. You feel me? We're on the same page here. I'm going to close with this. I really wanted to read their stuff, but. The coming together of community is only the beginning. It's the keeping together that community is forged. Coming together is just the beginning. It's the keeping together that forges something, a bond that won't be broken. Unbreakable bonds are forged when we choose to link up when things start to get hot. And that looks like something. It looks like, if you can think of that, like how, how wedding rings are made, that covenant, they're forged in fire. There's a perfect circle made, forged in fire, and so it's not easily broken. You see the imagery? When we link up, when things start to get hot, when the fires of God come, look, there's a difference between the fires of life and the fire of God. When the fires of life come, when we're already in the consuming fire, we do not burn up as, the, as they didn't burn up in the fiery furnace. When the fires of life comes, we're already in the consuming fire, living our best life. And so we're not thrown off. The heat doesn't throw us off. What happens in community when we link arms, when the fire comes, those bonds are forged. And they won't be broken. But it looks like something. It looks like us choosing. When you're going to link arms with somebody, first you have to reach out, let go of whatever you're holding on to offense, whatever it may be, whatever's key, everything that the enemy wants to use to stop community from happening, we let go of it so that we can reach out. We reach out in times of discomfort, in times of loss, in times of pain, in times of struggle. We choose to reach out. That's when the fires are coming. That's what we were made for. We reach out. We link arms. When we link arms, we actually have to receive somebody else. We actually say, I accept you, you accept me, I'm receiving you in, and we're going to partner together and help each other. So there's, a, there's an act of giving and there's an act of receiving there. Let go, receive, link arms. This is welcoming family and community. And when the fires come and those bonds are forged, don't let the uncomfortable bits, the things that we're not, that we don't like, that make us uncomfortable, keep us from reaching out and forging bonds. 
That's what we were made for. Let's gather around the fire together as a community and then in turn run together with what we've been given. Lean on each other. Can we all stand this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thanks for people you can trust with your fire. Thank you, God. In Acts 2-2, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he came and he did what John promised. and He baptized them in power, the Holy Spirit, and with fire. And then they went stumbling out into the street because that looks like something. Fire looks like something when people catch it. When people catch on fire in, in actuality, they, they go running with their arms flapping. <laughs> it looks pretty wild, right? It's in the same thing. When people are caught on fire and people catch the fire of God, it looks like something oftentimes that makes us uncomfortable. But uh, Paul, uh, Peter addresses the crowd. And he said, he's, they were saying, look at these drunk people out here acting crazy. And Peter says, <laughs> fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the jumping off point right there. Those tuning in online and anybody in the room here this morning, if you're hearing this message and your heart is burning, it's because you were made for it. If you're hearing this message and your heart is burning, it's because God made you to carry this kind of fire and have this kind of life. And the jumping off part is welcoming salvation, is welcoming the gift and receiving the gift that Jesus gave to us when he, he hung on the cross and he, he gave his life and shed his blood so that we could be free, so that we could know him, and so that we could spend eternity after this life with him. That's for you. The first part of circling around the fire and doing something with this is receiving that. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to say, I just receive you. I believe in my heart that you're God, that you died, you, ra you were raised from the dead. I believe 
that you are the one and only true God. And I receive the spirit of Jesus to be Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. So everybody else in here, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to put your hands out in front of you as just as a symbol of I'm letting anything go that needs to be let go. As a symbol that you would do if you would welcome somebody that you love dearly in for a close hug. And this morning, what I want us to do is just in your own words, whatever you want to say, to welcome the, that, that fire, the all-consuming fire. And what we're saying in this is, Jesus, in obedience to you, in obedience to this consuming fire, I welcome it to come and consume every piece of me that you paid for on the cross to not have me bound, to not steal my joy, to not kill my hope and my purpose and my future. Yeah, so can we, just, can we just say, I welcome your fire. If that's you and that's what you want to say this morning, if that's the, the, um, the response that you want to give to God, we are saying, I want that consuming fire to come and examine me and to burn up everything, everything you paid for, because I'm ready to run with you. I'm ready to do something with what I've been given. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We welcome your fire, God. We welcome the fires of your love. We welcome everything we were made for. We welcome that this morning. We welcome that this morning, Jesus. Thank you, God. We welcome you. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, God. We welcome you, God. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you. We welcome. We receive you. Welcome you, God. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, consuming fire. We welcome you. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. You are my one thing. You are my one thing. I don't want anyone else. I don't need anything else. You are my one thing. You Right now, if you can feel the tangible presence of Jesus on your body, if you can feel, it could feel like warmth or tingles, 
It could feel like an overwhelming peace. Maybe it's hard for you to stand up. Maybe you're feeling like you need to cry or laugh. If you're feeling the presence of God on you in that way, um, I want to welcome you to come up to the very front, and I want to pray with you. If that's you and you're just feeling him on you in a tangible way, his presence, his power on you, I want you to come to the front. Thank you, Jesus. You are my one thing. 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 thank you for increasing your awareness thanks for increasing our awareness of what you're doing thank you God yeah we bless what you're doing Jesus we bless what you're doing we bless what you're doing we bless what you're doing Jesus we bless you we bless the fire we bless the love, God. We bless the love. We bless the love. And just if you feel him moving on you, you can keep coming. I'm going to go ahead and officially dismiss everybody else. We love you so much. If you want to stay in this moment, please do. And if you feel God moving on you, even as we close, come forward. I'm going to pray for the people who are up there. You can keep coming forward. I just believe God's doing something. We love you guys so much. Thanks for hearing my heart this morning. Have fun today. Connect with someone you don't know. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.